Praise God. I'm glad that you're here today. And as you're finding a chair, we're going to just go ahead and jump right into this. I'm pretty excited about what we're going to talk about today. As you know, I am often. As you're finding your seat, I want to just remind you of some things that you probably already know that we have. Um, it, it's good to know that Gwen, my wife, is having her 29th birthday again. So uh, if you'd like to do something on the back, there's a little basket back there. And if not, take a cookie and be happy. All right. Thank you, Koi, for doing all that. Love Koi. Also, uh, I want to remind you that we're, we're taking up money to uh, do a lot of things at the church. And as you know, at your house, there's repairs and different things, and especially uh, at different times. We're, we're trying to uh, buy two new projectors for these two uh, sidewalls. And uh, each projector costs approximately $1,600. And last week, we have now committed or uh, pledged $1,500 so we're just really almost like one projector away from going ahead and buying them and getting them installed and all that good stuff. So if you'd like to give a special offering, make sure that you put in an envelope and put projector across the, the envelope so that we know that what you're trying to do. Also, we have a trip to Honduras coming up. And, and uh, let me tell you, they're getting excited. And, and let me tell you this. Remember this. that The last time we went, there's people in Honduras waiting for us to show up. You know, if you need uh, you need medicine, and, and you need I, I don't know some of the simplistic things that they need, just the little things like uh, I, I don't know. Let, let's guess. Let's say Pepsi AC. You've been having a heartburn. You can. What do you do? Do you wait two weeks before a church shows up and and brings medicine with them? No, you just go down to your Walmart. We're blessed. Can I hear an amen? So we want to bless those people in Honduras as we're uh, receiving money and the team's getting ready to go. It is medical missions, and we uh, give enough money and take enough money to be able to provide medicines uh, medically, uh, also uh, the dentist and all they need, and also eye doctors uh, to help in that need. So if you'd like to give, again, on an envelope, uh, I believe there's even a special tab online, uh, chapelassembly.org, and uh, you can give towards that. And uh, also, let me give you one more announcement, is that on Sunday mornings at 930 uh, we're having Christian education, and you say, "Well, you know, what will it, uh, what will it do for me? It, it can change your life. The more Word of God that is inside of you, it, it becomes a bank account that you can draw on." And we're going to be talking about that a little bit today. But it's important for you to plug into these classes. One of them is right, right here in the sanctuary, nine thirty. The other one is an Axiom Coffee. Uh, we're talking about the life of Paul and also the life of Jesus. We want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, it was an amazing class today, both of them. I got good reports. I was in one. And uh, I'm going to encourage you to be here next Sunday morning at what time? 9.30 to 10.15. 9.30 to 10.15. We'll end at 10.15 and start at what time? <laughs> 9.30. You got it. So next week when you go, Mildred, what time was that? Mildred will know, 
9.30, you'll be here or at Axiom Coffee. Let's open in prayer. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here. God, we pray now, our ask is that, God, that we would take advantage of the opportunity that you gave us. And as the word of God goes forth, that we'll be able to apply it to our lives. And then, God, that we can do it. God, we don't want to just be talkers. We don't want to just know. We want to be doers of the word of God. So, Father, we allow your Holy Spirit living within us to tailor message this for us. So as we hear with our ears, God, let it uh, sink into our heart that we might apply it to our life in the way that, God, that you see it needing the best and the most in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. A young man had a job at a grocery store, and he was doing some stocking when an older lady came up and said, Sonny, where are the half uh, lettuce heads that you sell? And she had a whole head of lettuce in her hand. And he said, ma'am, we don't sell just a half a head of lettuce because if you cut it, half of it will turn brown and we just don't. She said, Sonny, I want you to go ask your manager because I'm a frequent buyer in this store and I want you to go ask. So he goes, okay. So he goes into the side room where his manager is and he says, hey, he says, there's an old bag out here that wants a half head of lettuce. And he looks, and that older lady has followed him into the office. And he looks, and he sees her, and he says, and this nice lady would like the other half. <laughs> so she leaves, and the manager says, son, man, you got it going on. You're a, you got manager potential. He says, we have a new position opening up in Toronto that we need a manager just like you. And the young man looked at him and goes, Toronto? <laughs> you say Toronto? There's nothing in Toronto but horse-faced women and hockey players. His manager says, what did you say? My wife is from Toronto. The young man looked at the manager and said, what position does she play? <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about our words that come out of our mouth. Should we open the second time in prayer? Last week I gave you two points. Today I'm going to give you the second two and we'll end up with four things to begin to work on and, and live out our life. Uh, we talked about last week that our words are starting buttons. And just like our appliances at the house, you get up in the morning and you have things that you start. Coffee maker, maybe a washing machine, a dishwasher, whatever. You have a pushed, just a button to push that starts everything in motion. I, I want you to, again, just to wade into this subject. And as we're starting a new season in our life. And what is that? A new season is a new way. And a new way isn't always familiar. And it isn't always predictable. So a lot of times we stay away from new things in our life. We don't like change. But as we've talked about so many times, it's not necessarily what you know until you realize what you know just isn't so. It isn't right. 
And you can go, what? I've spent all my life in a way of thinking and something's framed my thinking and it just isn't right? It's because of the influence of somebody in my life that didn't know the word of God. They had a good heart and they meant well, but they were listening to somebody in their past and then they began to regurgitate what they knew just because it's based on someone else's experience. It wasn't based on the word of God. And then all of a sudden, it was coupled with some kind of, you know, form of the Word of God to come out, and everybody starts believing that. Well, we just came out of the, the stories of the Old Testament where God took his people into a promised land, and God wants to take us into a promise or the promises that he has given us. And sometimes that's not easy because it's a new way and it's a new day and, and, and we have to follow him because we've never been this way before, just, just like they did. And sometimes he asks us to do stuff that seems a little crazy. What, march around a, a city until the walls come down? Are you kidding me? That won't ever work. And while you're doing it, I want you not to say anything. What? Why can't I say anything? But just because we're in the world doesn't mean we're of this world. So don't allow the culture that we live in to dictate what you do. Allow the Word of God to encourage you to be obedient to what God says. Now, when we get to the place of teaching or I get a place of talking about words and how important it is and what we say and what comes out of our mouth, I, I get it. Because of the world we live in, it's, it's so anti our culture that it almost feels like, well, I, I just don't know if that, can, can I just encourage you and just challenge you? Just, just begin to try it. It's not my job to be a cheerleader for you, but I, I will be for you if you just try. There's so many people that have come through our church that, you know, they're like, man, I didn't get that. That's the one thing, Pastor, that when you start preaching on that, I thought, woohoo! <laughs> But, Pastor, I tried it. Now, I didn't tell anybody, but I just I started watching what I said because I wasn't very, you know, I wasn't very self-aware of what was coming out of my mouth. But I realized what was coming out of my mouth, so I just, I just stopped it for a season. And I began to see the results that the Word of God says will happen over my life. So this morning, I want you to realize that what you say sets things into motion and it begins your, your thinking to change into that direction that you begin to line yourself up in agreement. Even that agreement is not the Word of God. Uh, remember, the Word of God in Matthew 12 says, by your words you will be justified and by your words you'll be condemned. So let me remind you, last week we talked about the words that we have have created power. And if you weren't here, go back. You can look on, on Facebook or wherever, iTunes or whatever we, we have it in. But let me read the verse. It's Proverbs 18, 21 that says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Now think about that, power. But the power of life and death is in the tongue? And those who love it will eat its fruit. Then you look at second, the second point last week was words determine what you have. 
And that's found in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. It says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, we're talking about a mountain, a physical speaking to something. That, that in our culture is crazy. Let alone the problem that you have that everybody can see that problem in your life. Everybody knows you have that problem. Everybody, as I said, is a bird dog. They can point at the problem. Do you see the problem? We got a problem here. But when it comes to that, there's not a lot of people that can solve the problem. Now, there's people that can solve the problem in their natural. I mean, they're good managers, good leaders out there. There's, and, and there's non-believers that can solve problems. But the Word of God says we as believers, as children of God, can solve the problem by what comes out of our mouth because of what we have planted in our heart. So when you get to the place of saying, well, I've heard the Word of God. Yeah, I have faith. But then circumstances bring you to a certain place and you go, you know what? What I have is what I don't want. Go back and check what's in your heart because what's in your heart is coming out your mouth. It's so easy to be influenced by the people that are around us. Even if they are believers or non-believers, you can tell by what's coming out of their mouth. So this morning, let's get into it and and kind of we'll... we'll kind of chop our feet, so to speak, and go a little bit faster, so keep up if you would. And what I mean by that is, as we wade into this, don't allow what is in your past to dictate what is coming now into your present and future. The first thing, which is the third point, is this is something that a lot of us overlook, and it's words are Satan's way of stealing from you. See, a lot of times when we motivate to the place of saying, God wants to give you all this stuff, it's good. But then there's some people that say, well, he, Satan's not going to steal anything away from me. So whatever motivates you to watch what comes out of your mouth, this third thing I want you to see is so important because in the Word of God, in James, and James was, again, just to give you a little background, half-brother of Jesus, but he's one of these writers that really speaks strongly. Only five chapters, and I mean, he's in your face. With love, of course, but in your face. Listen to what he says. The person that asks in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For what that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So what he's saying is you have two options when the word of God comes before you and you're deciding what to do with it. You can either waver in your belief system or you can receive what the Word of God says and say, I'm going to stand on that. When you allow Satan to use his strongest tactic against you to steal, kill, and destroy, it comes down to his strongest, it's going to be this, to get you to doubt. And all you have to do is doubt a little bit and that's where all that fear starts rolling in. When you think about this, the enemy will just say, are you sure? And you know as well as me, most circumstances, there's no way of 100% knowing. That's what it's called faith. Faith is being sure of the things we hope for. It is not in the physical. Faith is being sure of the things we hope for and certain of the things we do not see. So when we're standing and walking by faith and watching what's coming out of our mouth, then the the tactic that he comes against us is, 
are you sure you should be believing that? Are you sure God, that's God's will for your life? Are you sure? You can go through the, 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 the Bible from beginning to the end and into the beginning and just read it back and forth and you'll find out that think about it. In the Garden of Eden, did God really say that? And then they start doubting. And then the fall happens. You think of David and Goliath, every morning and evening, big doubt came out. <laughs> wow, I was a poet and didn't know it. Look. <laughs> Here's Goliath and he's coming out and he's going, you can't do it. You can't do it. And everybody up in the army was like, you're right, we can't do it. Until somebody that wasn't in that circumstance comes in David and he's like, what do you mean we can't do this? Satan brings just that doubt, and sometimes it's so little. But to get to a place of watching your confession and having a faith that is fearless and, and having that confession, there's no way that you can allow, you can't even taste doubt. You have to say, no, I'm not going there. Because he's trying to change your confession of faith into something of fear. Can I say it again? Once you begin to allow yourself to hear a little bit of a doubt, it's coming into your heart and you're going to feed off of that. Say, no, I'm not going to do that. The Bible says it this way in James chapter 4. So be subject to God. In other words, commit yourself to God and resist the devil. Stand firm and he will flee from you. You have a choice. But here's another choice that a lot of people just will not ever get to the place in their spiritual maturity. It's something that I deal with all the time, probably every day of my life. Because every day there's choices that happen that I have to make a choice on. You know what I mean? Do I get up in the morning is my first choice. And my flesh says, just stay in bed. Choices, choices, choices every day. And there's thoughts that come into my mind. That's why God says bring every thought into captivity and make it subject to God. I heard a, a, a minister one time say, you can't avoid a bird flying over your head, but you can keep him from building a nest in your hair. That's kind of funny, isn't it? A visual People walking around with a bird nest. Well, I just couldn't do anything about it. He wanted a place to build his nest, so I just put it right there. It's the same thing as the doubt that will come over you that you'll allow it to put a camp right inside of you. We could get into strongholds and all that, and you've been, you that have heard those sermons on that, that's where it starts. Do not allow doubt. Now, if you have that little handout, I just want to give you some practical things in the way allowing the Word of God to be the firm foundation that you're basing everything on. This isn't a wish list. This isn't something that is a, a, a Jesus is a Santa Claus, you know, that, or this isn't a, a gum machine that you put in a prayer and get out a gumball. This is what the Word of God says. So there's a lot of people in the culture that we live in that do not believe this. They do not believe there's power in their words. And they, they almost look as a hyperchondriac, which they almost look like they always want to be saying, anybody heard somebody like, don't raise your hand. 
Boy, I tell you what, I've been trying to catch a cold for the last few weeks. Don't catch it. <laughs> Let it go. Look, look what it says. Say this, I'm not going to get sick. Everybody says, I'm going to get sick every year. You watch it. What we're talking about is saying, no, my confession is I'm not going to get sick. I'm redeemed from the curse, protected by the blood, and I walk supernatural health every day. Well, Pastor, I, I just, I, if the word of God, if Jesus is saying you can speak to a mountain, be removed, why do we have to get sick in order to pray for the healing power of God in our life? I told you this is different than some of what you've heard in the past from people. Here's another common saying. I worry about my kids all the time. I tell you what, I don't know if they're going to... I hope they don't end up in prison. You can add whatever you want to that sentence. Or you can say this, my children are blessed and highly favored. I take spiritual authority over them and declare divine protection and supernatural health. They won't turn to the left or to the right, but will always stay on the narrow path of righteousness. And this morning when I said that, you might be in the Pastor, who says that? Uh, you are supposed to as children of God. Whoop, there you go. All right, here we go. Number three, common saying. I probably get, I'll probably get laid off this year like everyone else. Have you heard people that work with you and they're always worried about them getting laid off? Here's what I encourage you to do. Say this, I am blessed and I am prosperous. My needs are met according to God's riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I'm always increasing in God's favor. Surround, God's favor surrounds me like a shield. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. 10,000 might be laid off around me. I love this. 10,000 might be laid off around me, but that evil will never touch me. I'm expecting the best job of my life. There's something about the Word of God that I think it, it says it about bringing faith when you read things like that. Did anybody get a little encouraged when I just read that out loud? Let me, let me again tell you this, that sometimes you need to read the Scripture out loud. And not just once, read it twice. And allow your ear to hear your mouth saying it. So the first time that something comes against that, what you said maybe earlier in the morning, maybe it was late at night, whatever, the next time that something comes against that, in this situation, uh, I'm blessed and prosperous. My needs are met according to when somebody says, you know what, I don't know if we'll have enough. You say, sorry, but we will have enough. I just have to disagree with you on that. Let's go to the fourth one. And I'll wrap it up. Faith-filled words change your circumstances. And now let me just stop here and remind you of what's so important that I've said for 100 years. Excuse the exaggeration, but it feels like that. Words change your thinking. And when your thinking changes, it changes your emotions. And when your emotions change, it changes your choices. When your choices change, it changes your habits. When your habits change, it changes your character. And when your character changes, it changes your destiny. Now let me read the last point. Faith-filled words change your circumstances. 
where you are right now, the, the path that you're on that's leading to your destiny, your destination, can be changed by what words you're listening to because it's going to change your thinking. Matthew chapter 12 says this, A good person, that's all of us here today, by faith I'm speaking over you, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. I, I like to think of the treasury, as I said a while ago, as a savings account. It, it's, the, it's the place where you can take withdrawals from. You're putting something in it if you know it or not. What I'm encouraging to do you to do is put the word of God on a daily basis. Well, Pastor, I don't do it every day. Well, then try to do it every day. You know, I've heard pastors, and again, they're friends of mine, and I just kind of cringe when they go, you know, I'm tired of people getting one verse a day. You know what I want to say? How many people in your church are getting one verse a day? One verse a month? I encourage you to get into the Word of God as much as you can. Let's just leave it at that. You want me to read the whole Bible? Yeah, go ahead, read the whole Bible. At least you're going to get something if you shoot for that. But just read the Bible. And can I encourage you one more time? Understand and learn and meditate on what you read. It does you no good to read today something that you don't remember five minutes after you put it down. So when it's in your heart, you have the ability to withdraw it and be able to use it to change the circumstances that you're in right this moment. And it comes by hearing the word of God, not heard the word of God, hearing and hearing and hearing. Faith will come into your life. Now, let me, let me encourage you, though, about this, is a lot of times it's going to take time to change your thinking. That's why it's important to have the word of God around you all the time. Meditate as we just got out of the passage in Joshua 1.8 where God says, where you're going, you need to be strong and courageous. And the way to do that is don't let the word of God out of your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. I mean, later in the law, it says to tie it on their head. You see, you know, put it in front of you, put it on your gate so that every time you're seeing it coming, that, who does that? We do. We do. You do. It takes time. You know, since you're nine months old, you start communicating with your parents and the people that are around you. I have four grandsons now that I am so proud of. But you know what? They know how to communicate, even though that they're not articulating words yet. They know. They know. Oh, they know. They know when not to do things, but they do it anyway. And here's the thing is, their parents, just like our parents, spoke things and taught us things. And probably when you received those into your life, good or bad, it became part of you that's coming out of you now. 
Have you ever heard somebody say, well, grandma taught it and we bought it? That speaks a lot about generational curses. Because <laughs> sometimes you're doing and you're acting and you're seeing things that are not lining up with the Word of God, but it just feels so comfortable for you to do that. Remember I said last week that a guy named Charles Cap said that God has told us or told his people they can have what they say. But the problem is my people are saying what they have. So, so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Watch what is coming out of your mouth to the people that are around you, especially your children. Because someone in, you know, in your past or in your family, honey, take care of you. You know, the men in our family, they just don't live long. And that little boy grows up thinking, might be my last year. Now remember, you're red-headed, so you're going to have an anger issue just like Grandpa. That little boy says, I'm not going to have the demons my grandfather had. No, sir. Don't speak that over my life. Sometimes just a, a pregnant pause brings an expectancy. By filling your words with faith, remember, it cuts down on the complaining and the murmuring. Even though, let me, hear me, all of our realists here today, that's code for negative people. <laughs> now, let me speak to you. When the, when the 12 spies went in to decide if they're going to bring back a good or bad report, understand it wasn't even their responsibility to do that. Their responsibility was come to explain how good it was. God had already given them the promise. It wasn't their responsibility to talk the people out of the promise. But in their mind, common sense already was a picture to them that, boy, we can't do it. Listen, Two of the guys, we know Joshua and Caleb, brought back a good report. We can do it. Ten guys say, we can't do it. Listen, everybody went in and saw the grapes. Everybody wanted the land flowing with milk and honey. But ten allowed their, what? Their words to begin to become bigger. So when they came back, ten guys influenced possibly up to a million some people. Let me just give you a little break here. For all of us that have leaned on the side of being a realist, you know what, just, just, just speaking like it is, can I encourage you to do this? If this is something right now that maybe you have been raised, but just let it rip, baby, come it out of your mouth the way you see it. Can, can I just encourage you to do this? If, if you get to this place where you at least say, you know what, maybe I've, maybe I've been in, maybe, I, maybe, I'm, not, maybe I'm not right. I know that's hard to say. And I'm not talking for you. It's hard for me. I'm glad none of my children said amen on that. I'll give you something on that. But, but listen to this. There, 
was a story in the Bible where a demon-possessed boy was brought to Jesus by his father. And, and, the, and the father's here, and he's got a problem. And he can't, but Jesus begins to solve the problem, and it's outside of his belief system. And I'm comparing that with you speaking the word of God instead of how you see it. So Jesus is here in this situation going to solve his problem because the boy's demon-possessed. And Jesus looks at the father and says, do you believe? Now the father says, if you read the passage, I believe. And then he goes, can you help me with my unbelief? Jesus is merciful. So if you're in this place, don't don't feel condemnation or judgmental from me. And let me tell you, sometimes Christians that begin getting this whole thing about watching what you say, I tell you what, I I can get in that too. Oh, 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 did you just say that right there? Watch that. I I want to encourage us all, be, be merciful as we're changing our thinking and what's coming out of our mouth. So you say, God, help me. Help me in what's, what, what I'm feeling about what's coming out of my mouth. Why is that coming out of my mouth? The first problem that happens, and, and years ago I went through, and sometimes we all go through the ankle biters. I've already explained that, all the little things that happen. And you get about three in a row, you know, and you go, boy, now what's going to happen next? And you start looking for all the negative things that happen. And you almost expect them to happen, and, and most of the time they happen. What? Well, God, help me. Because there's something inside of me that's coming out that I don't like. And allow God's love to again speak to you on that. Let let me just run through these three easy things to just begin to look at as you begin to stand on the promises of God and don't allow Satan to talk you out of them. Overcome unbelief by knowing God's will. So, well, Pastor, I don't know God's will. Well, you can know God's will because the mind of Christ lives within you, His Holy Spirit. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know God's perfect, pleasing, and perfect will is for your life. The second thing is overcome unbelief by rejecting fear. In the Amplified, Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Well, that's easy. But God's word is speaking to you today. It might not be easy, but it's doable. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, in everything, continue to make your wants known to God. Just allow your heart to speak to God. The third thing is overcome unbelief by believing in God's love. That was the whole message three weeks ago. Again, of realizing that God just doesn't have love, but he is love. And when you realize that, talk about a a safety net for his children. The support of the love of God in our life. First John 4, 16. I encourage you to read 1 John, but 
4.16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Not just knowing it, but believing it. Now, let me end with this. There was a woman with an issue of blood. And we see what she does is she comes to Jesus and he's going through the crowd. And, and what happens, if you know the story, let me just ask you this. What happens in the chain of events that take place that she's allowed or able to receive healing from the issue of blood in her life? Now, a lot of people say because she touched the hem of his garment. But if you read that passage, it says, she said, if I can just touch. See, she's speaking to herself, if I can touch. Now, can I tell you again, all of us that are realists, that we have to fight this of negative and unbelief, can, can we look at this? Come on, you got to do more than touch a hem of a garment. He can't talk her out of her healing. And, and what I'm trying to say is when she began to believe it and it began to come out of her mouth, she believed to the point of when I touch the point of contact, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. To the point where Jesus has to stop and doesn't, at least he acts, like he doesn't know who touched him. Hello. Are you here? Do, do you understand the, the, the behind the scenes? That it seems like it implies that the power of God was out of Jesus and he realizes it because of someone speaking his word. They tell me, and I'm not Jewish, but they say that the hem of the garment they, they sewed on uh, kind of a fringe that would represent the covenant of the believer, the covenant of the Jewish people, which, again, is a good thought. I don't know. But she just touches the hem of his garment because she said it out of her mouth. She believed it. Just like our salvation. It, it's, the, it's the shallow end of the pool that people come in and all they have to do is What? believe in their heart and say with their mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead and they'll be saved. She came saying what she believed. Are you saying what you believe? When you believe God in spite of what you see, feel, and hear, you allow God of the universe, our God, to move on your behalf. What's in your mouth coming out? Now, here's the thought of the day. What did Pastor Miller preach about today? Here's what you can tell him. It's time to stop telling it like it is and start telling it like the Word of God says it should be. Say it again, Pastor. Okay, I'll say it again. It's time to stop telling it like it is and start telling it like the Word of God says it should be. It's pushing the start button. 
It's saying, God, I believe your word is right for my life. I believe that the word of God that I've hidden in my heart, I can push the button and it comes to the mouth and I begin to speak what I believe that started in my heart. Can I, can I tell you this? The circumstances of the problems that you're facing right now, one day you'll laugh at the problems you're having today if you get this down. And I can say this, I guarantee it. Why? Because the word of God stands behind me and says, yeah, it does. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful knowing that you have a bird's eye perspective. God, you're the alpha and the omega. You're the beginning and the end. God, you see things in our life that there's no way that our perspective that we can see it. But God, you've allowed your Holy Spirit to live within us. And that's the power living in us that raised Christ from the dead. With that power in our life, we can speak to things that are not as if they were. And Father, that we can expect those things to come out of our faith in who you are. And therefore, God, we can walk in the identity that we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, now I just pray. God, let me just ask the church, if you have a need that's in your life that you want a circumstantial change in your life, I, I just want you, as I'm praying with your eyes closed, your head bowed, just to raise your hand and say, God, that, that's me. It's just like that woman that said, if I, if I sit in her, if I could touch the hand, you're raising your hand and say, God, I, I believe. I'm saying it out of my, I believe God by raising my hand. Father, today you see these that have their hands raised and they need a circumstantial change in their life. God, just like the lady said, well, I, I believe he could heal me if I want, but she stayed in the distance. No, no, this lady actually took and actually did action in touching the hem of your garment. And Father, today they're raising their hands as a sign that, God, that they believe. Therefore, they're going to say they believe. They're going to take action in their belief. Their belief system is going to change. Therefore, God, they're going to make choices that maybe is different what they've always made before. And out of those choices, will put them in experiences that will confirm your word. Therefore, it will confirm their new belief system. The God that you are who you say you are and can do what you say you can do. Father, we stand on these promises. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. In your wonderful name we pray, amen, amen. This morning, I want you to know that I, I love you and I have mercy for you. I'm not judging you on, on what's coming out of your mouth, but I just want you, you. Now, husbands and wives, you can encourage softly because this is something that takes time to change the course but if you have that mindset that it's, it's something that's coming to your attention, you that are bringing it to our attention, be nice. Everybody that's laughing has been in that situation. I'm going to start talking by faith, and then all of a sudden, blah, 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 it comes out of your mouth, and someone goes, yeah, oh, yeah, Satan. Easy. Just allow God to change. It's going to take time. It's okay.
the guy with the microphone on the platform said, it's okay. You tell your husband that, your wife, it's okay. It's going to take time. This morning, again, before you leave, I want to encourage you to be givers. That means money. We have offering plates in the back. You can give money online at chapelassembly.org. You can set up uh, without even uh, any problems, you know, just repeatedly. You can drive by and drop it in this little mailbox out back. You can send it in uh, the mail. You can do all kinds of ways. So we've cut down all the obstructions. And just to let you know, we got all the money at our church that we need. The problem is it's in your pockets. All right. Next week, Sunday morning at 930 we have Sunday school classes here. You can call them impact groups, uh, whatever you need. But this is the word of God going forth. Again, a place to plant it in your heart. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand? Father, thank you for these wonderful people. Now, as we leave this building, help us to realize we're not leaving church. We have church inside of us. We are the temple. And Father, as we go, we influence the people that are around us by speaking the word of God out of our mouth in love. In your wonderful name we pray and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So be it. You are dismissed. Thank you for coming to the chapel.